Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. I'm Sherry Stahl, host of the Soul H2O radio and podcast show. I'm excited you've tuned in for today's episode where we're talking about mountain moving prayer with my friend from south of the border, Sue Detweiler. Sue hosts Healing Rain. She's a best-selling author, motivational coach, former pastor, and transformational speaker. Sue will share insights from her latest book, Women Who Move Mountains. Downloadable Soul H2O journal pages help you dive deep into the teaching segment and quench your spiritual thirst. They can be found on today's show notes at soulh2o.com slash 42, along with information about our guest and a freebie she has for listeners as we discuss mountain moving prayer. So let's dive into today's Soul H2O devotion and get refreshed. My friend Sue's book is inspiring and challenging. Inside, she tells how the miraculous prayers of her mother spared her life and her babies when fire broke out in their home. It's a harrowing story that leaves you in awe at how God can use you to declare in the spirit realm something that takes time to live out in the natural, something that can even save lives. After hearing about what her mother had been declaring, Sue came to an epiphany and explains in her book how she realized that prayer is a matter of life and death. It might seem a bit dramatic, but it's true. Your prayers can be the difference between life and death. Proverbs 18 verse 21 confirms this when it says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Couple these two thoughts together and you'll understand that what you declare in prayer is powerful. In Matthew 17, the disciples were out for ministry and they prayed over a sick boy who was taking seizures, even throwing himself in fire or water, but nothing happens. Their prayers are ineffective. In Matthew 17 verses 18 to 20, it records how Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. What you declare in prayer is mountain-moving powerful. I really don't think we Christians understand this verse. We definitely don't live it out enough, or we'd see more miracles. Strangely, I feel those following the New Age movements and Wicca have grasped this truth with greater understanding, but have sadly taken God out of the equation and become the purveyors of personal promotion. I'm not saying we should follow their ways, but actually, Start to follow what Jesus is saying, even when it seems weird. What you declare in prayer is mountain-moving powerful. I don't think Scripture teaches that you'll get everything you want and say, but I do think it teaches that if you make declarations, they will have results. If you believe what you're saying and it lines up with God's will, it will produce good fruit in your life. That truth 
keeps this verse in balance. You have to keep things in balance. I can say this with confidence because a few verses after Jesus explains how you can access mountain-moving prayer through the words you speak in discussion with the disciples, Jesus declares something his disciples thought was negative. Jesus told them that he was going to have to die And they just couldn't wrap their head around this. They had no understanding that this declaration was not speaking total death, but actually the most life-giving statement ever made. You have to pray and declare in accordance with God's word. And that's where the power is, not in declaring your will, but his. 1 John 5 verses 14 to 15 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to His will, He will hear us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of Him. Remember, what you declare in prayer is mountain-moving powerful. The communities, churches, and businesses that we love were built on a foundation of perseverance and on the backs of those who worked together. Because when we work together, we all go further. Right now, for a limited time, Joy Radio campaigns go further too. Call Patricia at 905-845-2821 and find out how you can receive 50% more on your Joy Radio commercial campaign. Connect with Joy Radio's growing network of GTA Christians and get 50% more for a limited time. Email sales at joyradio.ca to learn more. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. Today's interview guest is Sue Detweiler. She's a radio host, best-selling author, motivational coach, former pastor of LifeBridge Church, and a transformational speaker who internationally shares her heart and wisdom. This is a mother of six, and she is always helping people overcome life's challenges. You can connect with Sue on social media at Sue Detweiler, and that's D-E-T-W-E-I-L-E-R. I met Sue years ago at a Christian Women in Media conference when we ended up sitting together and immediately connected. Sue, welcome to Soul H2O Radio. I'm so glad to be here, Sherry. Sue, you've written some powerful books. I think there's three books that you've written. Maybe you could share the titles with people about those books. You know, the first book I wrote was Nine Traits of a Life-Giving Mom. And I was reaching out to those moms that felt overwhelmed. And the second book was on marriage. And again, I was reaching out to those who may have been married for a while, but they were stuck in a cycle and needed freedom in their marriage. And the third book is called Women Who Move Mountains. And it's about prayer and overcoming battles and pulling those mountains down through prayer. 
I loved it. When you contacted me to be on your launch team for Women Who Move Mountains, you know, it wasn't a shock that you were writing a book about prayer and not just about prayer, but prayer that moves mountains. Because you, as I've just shared with the, you know, the listeners, how we met was through prayer and that that really is your DNA. And, you know, I think life gives us a lot of circumstances that we need prayer. We have mountains in our lives. And your book talks a lot about the mountains that we need to move in our lives. So maybe share with the listeners some of the mountains that might be in their life that they could find help in your book to move. Well, I think a first mountain that most women that I know deal with is fear. And overcoming that fear with faith. And another mountain that every woman I know, they deal with rejection and what Mm. it feels like, the hurt, the soul hurt to be rejected. Another mountain I deal with is perfectionism and the just the struggle it is when we get stuck in that trap. But overcoming Mm. these mountains and learning how to pray with confidence, boldness, and grace is really the theme of the book. And I love how you, you know, you share your wisdom and what God has done in your life through prayer, but you don't just share your stories. You share like a lot of stories of other women and how prayer has moved mountains in their lives. It, it's been such a joy to do this because, you know, building those relationships with women, these are all women that I know. They're all my friends, colleagues, and you don't know someone until you know what they've overcome. And when Mm. you really learn about what they've overcome, you're able to see just the, the beauty of what God has done in their lives. I love that. Well, we're going to come back after the break and we're going to hear how God has helped you move the greatest, largest, biggest, overwhelming mountain you've experienced in life. The communities, churches, and businesses that we love were built on a foundation of perseverance and on the backs of those who worked together. Because when we work together, we all go further. Right now, for a limited time, Joy Radio Campaign's Go Further 2. Call Patricia at 905-845-2821 and find out how you can receive 50% more on your Joy Radio commercial campaign. Connect with Joy Radio's growing network of GTA Christians and get 50% more for a limited time. Call 905-845-2821 to learn more. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world. We're back here with Sue Detweiler. And Sue, could you share with our listeners something that everyone loves to hear is your favorite Bible verse? Well, Sherry, every time I speak about a particular Bible verse, I always say it's my favorite. And knowing the Bible and how the Bible is a tool for prayer is something that 
is so compelling. And so one that I find myself going and praying through is Psalm 103. He fills my life with goodness and my youth is renewed like the eagles. Mm, that is such an amazing psalm. There's so much richness in that encouragement for those times where there are mountains in our lives. And, you know, I always get our guests to share a Bible study tool and tip, but I think this one that you want to share kind of is a Bible study tool and tip, but it's also prayer tips for some of you girls. Well, I think prayer is a conversation and it's important that we're open and honest with God, that we come to him with who we are. It's like a great exchange. We mm. take our tough stuff and we exchange it. And when you come into the presence of God, uh, maybe you turn on a worship song and you begin to read the Bible. And if you're having trouble praying, I often say, go to the Psalms and start reading the Psalms out loud, and suddenly you will hit a verse or a couple of verses that will explode within you. And then just take the Psalm and begin to speak it over yourself. Begin to pray it over yourself. You know, one of the things that, that I've struggled with has to do with healing. And one of the parts of this last verse, the verse 5 of Psalm 103, he fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. And then I start to meditate on the fact that, you know, eagles fly to high places. And part of why they go so high is they're protected from the predators. You know, they fly so high. And at that point, they actually pull out the old feathers and new feathers begin to grow. You know, so literally the youth of the eagles is renewed. And I, mm -hmm. I believe that God's like that with us, that in the power of prayer, when we come to the Bible and we read it as the word of God, and then we pray it over ourselves, just as we hear the words, faith begins to rise in our hearts. Mm. I see in your life a girl who has over and over applied these principles to your circumstances. And, and I think back to the time that we met and you were struggling with a situation with one of your sons. And, and that, that has been a struggle for many years in that relationship and, and some of the choices that your son has, has made that led to really, I think, the biggest, one of the biggest mountains in your life, the mountain of grief that you've had to struggle through and overcome in this last year. Yes, it's, it's been such a battle. Uh, my husband and I had four daughters and then our hearts broke for the older children in the world that are abandoned. So we mm. traveled to Brazil and we adopted two boys that were 12 and eight when we adopted them. And they were born drug addicted. So they're, you know, they're functioning, their brain comprehension, all of that was impacted by the fact that their mother, biological mother took drugs. So when they hit their teenage years in the States and experimented with drugs, it wasn't like a normal experimentation that I've seen. It was like flipping a switch and they mm -hmm. were immediately addicted. 
And so part of what we needed to do with the boys is we did an intervention and put both of them in different treatment uh, places. And then um, and they were doing better. And both of them made a you know, commitment to Jesus, love Jesus. So fast forward, my son, Dre, was 23 years old. He'd been clean from drugs for a number of months. But I got a call one day from a coroner. And no mother wants to get a call from a coroner. No. And he said to me, are you the mother of Alexander Joel? And I said, yes. And then he told me that my son had died of an apparent drug overdose. And I could just feel cortisol just flooding into my body. I, I think I started to sob on the phone and I just felt deep grief. And then when I began to call my husband and my, my other son, who was living in Austin, and we probably sobbed for 15 minutes straight. Hmm. And it was just so difficult. Um, everything we had to walk through. And it wasn't one of those things where, Sherry, I, I wasn't ready to talk about it publicly. I just, I knew I didn't have the emotional strength or stamina. Mm -hmm. So I was very quiet. There were, there were a couple of chosen people that I spoke with. One was a, a counselor that I, I knew and trusted well. Um, and part of it is I knew that before I could speak about it, God had to do some healing. And yeah. part of that came through worship and the song that we chose today, Surrounded, um, my husband and I have become a part of the Upper Room Movement. And that song was uh, first sung by Alyssa Smith. Mm. And so four days after Dre died, you know, we went to this service and I'm before the throne of God and Alyssa begins to sing that. And then part of what upper room singers do is they, they often begin to sing what's on the heart of God. So extemporaneously, and they began to sing about heaven and they began to sing about the glory around God's throne. And then mm. there were two dancers that came on the platform and they were both strong black men. That reminded me of my two sons, these two strong men, and they began to dance. And it was just so powerful, so yeah. powerful knowing that, that really, that confidence that I had prayed with Dre to receive Jesus, and I know he was saved. I know he was saved. And in That's... fact, my other son, Cherry, had a picture of heaven. And it was so powerful. I mean, he was telling me about this. I, I mean, I would call it a vision. He mm -hmm. saw heaven. He saw beautiful colors and grass. And he heard his brother's voice say, hey, bro, I'm fine. I'm here. You know, I'm with Jesus. 
And, you know, you think about those things and anytime somebody dies, you're closer to heaven. And what a promise we have. Mm. An absolute secure promise. And, and God understands those in our families and friends who, you know, struggle with those addictions. And, you know, as he, you know, had this relationship with God and had been healed, but then the complications of life with addictions, God understands all of that. And in the midst of all of this grief, how has prayer helped you move that mountain off of your shoulders and, and that there be a, a lifting of that grief? Well, Sherry, we're coming towards the one year anniversary. And I can truly say that God has brought such peace and joy to my soul and my heart. And I believe that the, the grief has been lifting and is lifted, even though I know we, we go through layers of grief. Mm -hmm. One of the places for me has been the upper room prayer room. So we have prayer and worship every day from six in the morning till eight at night. Um, and then on the weekends. And part of it is if you come into the presence of God and corporate prayer, but also you have your journal and you're listening to God and you're writing things down. I think that's been a real healing place for me. And I think sometimes we need to dig those wells deep. Mm -hmm. And so when prayer becomes an abiding prayer, that you're not just speaking your concerns to God, but you're also listening, listening to his heart resting in his presence, knowing his goodness. I, I believe that, that worship has worship and prayer together has been the place of freedom in my life for my son and the knowledge that we have an eternal promise in Jesus. Sue, I'm so thankful that you have shared a bit of your story with us and this healing journey from grief that God has you on and how prayer helps to move even the mountain of grief in our lives. And I encourage everyone to get a hold of Sue's book. If you're, if there's a mountain in your life that you're struggling with and you need to see God move that mountain, I encourage you to read and to learn how prayer can make a difference in your life, just like it has for Sue's. Thank you so much for sharing, Sue. I'm so glad to do that, Sherry. And, you know, your listeners may want a resource that I have for them. It's called Five Steps of Grace, A Journey Guide to Freedom, and it's completely free. It's on my website, and they can download it. And really, it's a journey for when you feel like you're stuck mm -hmm. and you need to find freedom. You know, I, I believe that that guided journal could help a lot of people. Absolutely. So you will find links to that on the show notes today. And uh, we look forward to maybe having you again on the show, Sue. It's just been so wonderful having you here. Thank you, Sherry.
My challenge for you today is to get in God's presence and hear from Him. Once you do, boldly declare in faith what He speaks over your circumstances. Thanks for listening to episode 42. Remember to check out today's show notes for deeper insights and links to the freebie from Sue that will help you to have mountain-moving prayer. We appreciate your support to help Soul H2O Ministries continue and want to thank all of you who partner with us in making this Joy Radio show a reality so people can come and get refreshed. Thanks for listening to the Soul H2O Podcast from Joy Radio in Toronto. Be sure to subscribe, then rate and share so we can reach new listeners around the world.